Hello, everybody. This is the Value Line Observer. I should say welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices so that uh, we can bring you every week our unfiltered views on stocks without having to worry about what our bosses might think or, uh, uh, frankly, about remaining gainfully employed. Uh, Every week we, uh, and have for years, we get together and look for Stock ideas uh, or talk about stocks and uh, for a source of ideas uh, on our show, we use uh, uh, this week's Value Line Investment Yes, survey. we do, Vern. Well, uh, a tremendous product, by the way. Your voice sounds different. Why, this thank week. you. Thank I'm you. trying to be a little sexier. Oh, great. And um, actually, you need to modulate. Oh. When you're disguising your voice, you need to modulate it differently occasionally so that uh, right. Keep know, everyone off the trail. That's right. Yeah. Got to make it a little more difficult for the Riddler or for Batman or whoever. Absolutely. Anyway, this week we're looking at the issue of uh, dated January 11th, 2008. And in case you just got up and you've been asleep for the last 24 hours, it was a pretty rugged day in the old equity markets today. Ah, ouch. Uh, After what everybody, at least I thought, was a pretty tough day uh, on Thursday. Uh, We want to remind everybody that uh, this is for entertainment purposes only, uh, even if it's only our own entertainment. And we may own all the stocks that we're talking about or have other nasty and nefarious conflicts of interest. Uh, and uh, as we freely admit, we may absolutely know we may know absolutely nothing about whatever we're uh, talking about at any moment in time. Uh, we try although, to know a little something, you, you know, know, just keep it you fair. Get, you get, anyway, you get educated guesses. Yeah, is what you're guesses. getting. And by the way, you're getting it for free, which is which what it's think, worth. Right, it's at least <laughs> which worth that. It's a fairly attractive value <laughs> proposition. So, uh, if you'd like to learn more about us and to to read lots of more uh, litigation protecting uh, caveats. Uh, please visit our website, www.thevalueguys.com. The second half of this week's show, I'm going to be, that's weekly, yes. And uh, do you know what show this is? I, I know it's over 100 now. It's, uh, we haven't missed. It's a, well, we did. I hope some of our six. We had Christmas holiday. Yeah, but we had, this is show 102, because we celebrated the 100th show, which was actually the 101st. Anyway, the second half, I'll be back with three uh, compelling value ideas. After all, we are the value guys, right? But uh, um, in an environment where sentiment couldn't be worse, which means it might be the best time to be a value guy. That's right. Let me please introduce a preeminent value guy. Oh, great. Values. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening in and taking a little time here. It's been very rough this week. Uh, If you're paying attention, things are so volatile. I've never seen the market this volatile, and I've been doing this a very long time. Uh, it just means that no one has any frickin' clue what's going on. At the point in time where you don't know anything, little incremental pieces of information have the biggest influence. And uh, like a big bathtub, as you start to tilt it and the water all tries to go one way and then the other way, it's all crashing together. That's what's going on, and you couple that with the fear in the credit markets. Um, you know, I'm actually getting a little comfortable, and here's why. Evidently, the Wall Street Journal and perhaps the New York Times as well announced the other day that we're probably in a recession. They may have said that today. I just want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, the value guys, I think, may have said that a couple of weeks ago. Um, The stock market's the best predictor of these kinds of things, and when you see the stock market go down 20%, um, you know, there's knowledge in markets, and... uh, all of a sudden, now everyone's getting on board. Maybe there's a recession. Oh, I remember back in the late 90s when the ag market crashed right after Time read a 
uh, wrote a, and published a big story about how great the ag market was. Well, uh, what, uh, you know, anyway, we're probably in a recession. All the numbers coming out that don't look terrible are going to probably be revised downward. <clears throat> and when it's on the cover of the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, both, you've got a reasonable bet that it's probably priced into the market. So the good news on that is unless we're in the 30s, uh, you know, recessions last two, three quarters. You want to get in a quarter or two early, which means this is the time to buy. The bulk of the downside is over, and that's a bold prediction, but, you know, it's just a, a student of history unless things are very different this time. Uh, one of my anchors to a view that money will stay, uh, you know, reasonably available for people with good ideas who want to increase productivity is just the wealth of the baby boom. And, um, you know, if inflation goes up, money markets go up, they'll have higher returns on their money markets. And then when the storm passes, uh, they'll have money to invest in productivity, growth, and ideas and people. And, you know, that's Those are uh, all good things, right? obviously going to be happening once the recession's over. And since that's only a year or two away, if you have a three- or four-year horizon, which you should have, this is an absolutely great time to buy. And uh, you just have to, you know, it's a little scary, and that means it's probably good. I've got three pretty decent ideas this week. But what if the fools still own a lot of stock? Who are you talking about? The people that are selling irrationally. No one's fools. Well, I think emotion obviously drives the market. If you absolutely have to have certainty and you can't sleep at night or you just won't get enough sleep or you won't eat Treasuries. or you feel nauseous, Treasuries. then sell your stock. That makes the stock go down. A third of the people just – it's a health-related issue or a psycho issue. They're so scared and you can't help it. They're scared. I mean, they're, they're really scared. They have to sell. That puts money on the market. And all these pundits and headlines that scare everyone cause that to happen. It's just it's, it's, it's social science. That puts real pressure on the prices of these stocks. And so, um, you know, if you can look out three, four years, uh, you know, that's the holding period. And you just have to look at earnings yields and things like that. You're buying into fear, um, but, uh, you know, that's how value guys live. So just get used to it if you're new to being a value guy. I uh, love it. On the edge, baby. Well, whatever. Okay, page 1002, Balder Electric. I had a lot of trouble this week, and honestly, ladies and gentlemen, it's because I had no time to really do any work. Not that I ever really do any work, but I was really torn, and Vern saw me kind of going between a bunch of names. I've, uh, Because the market is so volatile, I've taken the liberty of throwing out a couple kind of risky things I thought about buying now just because I think they're going to turn out and putting in kind of a little safer yield play that's down, and I'll get to that. But um, I think you got a good mix here. Baldor Electric, number one, Baldor, sorry, 1002. On Value Line, what's, it what's says 1002? the page number, oh, Vern. Oh. People know. Key information. People know that that's what it is. They're used to the format. Um, on the Value Line page, it that's says. That's why I've adopted it. Listen, I'm just going to try to get to the okay. stock information now. Do you have, a, do you have something you want to say? B-E-Z. I'll be quiet B -E -Z. now. Okay, good. Uh, on the on the value line, thirty three sixty six. We just checked closing price. It's Friday afternoon. I don't know if Vern mentioned that we're drinking, but we are. Just so you're warned. Uh, <laughs> in case you <laughs> figure that out. On the value line, thirty three sixty six. It closed today at twenty seven sixty six. So that's down six bucks on thirty three. It's down twenty percent from this price, which I think is Monday's price. What do they do? And I've been through every stock this wow. week. Wow. Look, yeah, wow, that's right. Balder Electric is uh, gets 81% of its revenue. They sell electric motors, 
okay, electric motors. They're very good at it. They earn, uh, you know, decent returns on capital, not great, actually high single digit usually or low double digit. But then they lever that a little bit. It's a very stable business. They don't lose money even in recessions. But with the fear of the capital spending cycle going down, you know, there's fear in this thing. And on a, on a multiple basis, it's right now trading at eight times gross cash flow, ten times free cash flow. A value line themselves think that cash flow is going to grow 17%. Uh, over the next or you know, at least they thought five that years. Ahead of, you know, a few days ago. And if you read the headlines here, business got really bad right now. Well, is that a surprise given that everyone thinks we're in a recession? That means it's in the stock. So what's going to happen in the future? Probably something better than now. But yet in the stock is that things are going to continue bad. They also, earlier in 07, last year, bought a little company called Reliance Electric. They're still integrating that. I've been involved in these kinds of things. You've got different computer systems, different Salesforce compensation approaches, different management benchmarks. It's I know Reliance Electric. That's a play on yeah. global mining. Well, good. But There's a big growth going on there and will be for a oh, while. Yeah, they, right. But they've got all the margins went down. Uh, it's been dilutive so far, and so they've got to get a lot of this duplicative effort out of the system. And according to Value Line, OH the year when that's going to happen. Uh, they've had a good, you know, 07. But evidently, the, you know, the future is uncertain. Well, guess what? I think it always is a little bit uncertain. Reliance is going to kick in with some margin improvement over the next year or two, and uh, the valuation is pretty cheap. They earn an upper teens operating margin. It tells me they're doing something proprietary. They need to improve their returns on capital, which have been depressed by probably, I mean, almost certainly overpaying for Reliance Electric. They use stock. They diluted some shareholders. That probably pissed people off. Uh, but at this no, value, but that's a good point. You're getting you've paid a hundred percent value up front, and, but you've your early days on realizing. You, know, you overpay. Everyone gets pissed. They sell, and then if you come in after that, the market price now reflects the price they should have paid originally. Mm -hmm. It's kind of you just have to wait. Yeah. It's like take the first pitch. What have you? Okay, Balder Electric. Uh, I think you got a return here of you know ten percent return on cash on cash return. Uh, 17 percent growth. You know, from this level, this could be a 20 low 20s return over the next couple of years. Baldor Electric, be easy. Okay, now I'm coming up on something I really know nothing about whatsoever, which means it's the most fun for me, and it's wildly levered. It looks like it's heading into a negative cyclical period. Is that here. a Cambodian company? I don't know. I don't want to get into it. it's. Uh, well, let's see. Their headquarters is in uh, Arizona. I guess so, not then. Uh, uh, they uh, value line Name? says they're a four. It's called Amcor Technologies ticker AMKR. Value line thinks it's a four. Uh, why am I attracted to this? Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen. On the value line itself, dated Monday, price eight fifty three. Today's close six fifty seven. They've got two dollars in cash, according to value line. Three hundred million in cash on. Uh, 182 million shares. That's a couple of bucks. So the stock's at 457. Now the market cap's a billion five, so it's down from that actually now. It's more like a billion, and the debt is uh, a billion eight. So you got 3.8 billion in enterprise value minus the cash, 3.5 billion, and you got a 24 percent operating margin here. So they are doing something right. A lot of interesting uh, dynamics here. What do they do? Okay, I should mention that. Leading independent provider of semiconductor packaging and test services. 
uh, equipment, serving more than 300 customers. You know what I like about that? Semiconductors is a growth industry, okay? Uh, now, most of the semiconductor manufacturers have, you know, competed themselves into being commodities, and they all have to try to get the new, better technology. Product cycles are shrinking. That's great for testing companies, and you don't need a lot of testing companies. So if a product costs $1,000, the test costs $2, and then next year the test costs $2.50, you know, they got a lot of pricing power because it's such a small price compared to the value of the product that if you find the right, you know, whatever combination of stuff, you'll win market share. So they're in a great position, I think, and it doesn't matter who wins, they're, they're testing everybody. Uh, their growth rate, according to Value Line, is running 16% over the next five years in cash flow. Now, here's the, here's the thing. At 657 a share after I uh, – and then subtract two bucks for the cash, I'm at 457 Value Line says they're going to have gross cash flow of 280 That's like two, two times gross cash flow. Now, they have to spend a lot of CapEx. Their, their equipment has to change as models change. All their equipment has to adapt to – New models coming out, so they you know they spend half their cash flow in capex, but even at that level, it's six times free cash flow. They're very levered, seventy-seven percent debt to capital. Um, <clears throat> I suppose I could do some math here and figure out their interest rate, but I'm just going to assume it's not great. Let's see, one hundred thirty-seven million divided ten percent if you have. It's uh, it's about it's about eight percent. So. Maybe if rates are going down here and the Fed's reacting to this, uh, you know, recession that's already probably over uh, and cuts rates, these guys will be able to cut some already of their interest probably expense. over. Right. You know, we're going to learn a year from now that the recession ended six months ago. That's how this stuff goes, I'm just saying. Anyway, Amcor, AMKR, what else is so. going on? All right. Well, what, what? The second and third quarters had growth in excess of 4% as measured at the time or recently. Right. So, so even if you reset that, you're not yeah, going to be negative. Right. It's not technically two quarters I agree with that. You're right. Um, Amcor, let's see. But we could be halfway through. Amcor, what does Value Line say? Uh, it's semiconductor packaging. So they're growing at the rate of the industry on packaging. But the nice thing is you're making no bets in on volume, which guy. what and, about pricing? Right, which guy wins? Well, pricing is, is good Negative. and stable. It's stable. Operating margins continue to rise for this company over a um, you know eight year period. Evaluation is cheap. People are fearful of what's coming. I just think it's a good entry I know point. I am. Well, you know, you should be to quote Yoda. But you know, mm -hmm. these things are. It's all priced in. It's on the front page of the journal. That's priced in. Okay. Finally, for those of you who don't think it's priced in, uh, my final idea. They'll read was, it in the New York Times an, in four months. It was an audible. The last minute, I picked up Pitney Bowes, PBI, page 1133. Pitney Bowes, I've talked about before. These guys are the world's largest manufacturer of postage meters and mailing equipment. Boy, the stock's been walloped lately. Well, it's... What happened? It's, they miss a quarter or something? Uh, it's flat. No, I'm talking about this little move here. Look at that. Yeah, well, they've guided down just like everybody else. They've, they've guided down. The company's buying back stock. It's like stock. 48 to 38, though. Well, check your stock market meters, yeah, okay. my friend. All the right. stocks are down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing closed today at no, thirty-five ninety. That was at the printed before it goes down to thirty-six. What's your point, Vern? I think you're really interfering with I'm the flow of the show right along. now. I'm just I don't. I'm fine. Along. Listen, I'm fine. Listen, listen along. I'll be quiet again. And then, well, if you find something worthy of questioning, but just to comment on the font or something on the value line page, I think we can just move along. Now, Pitney Bowles. 
is uh, got a, they don't have a monopoly, but let's call it an oligopoly. Their margins reflect that. Mid-20s, going back 20 years uh, with no bumps. They obviously never lose money. Gross cash flow goes up almost every year. few exceptions to that here and there. Obviously, when you're in a recession year, uh, mailing units go down, postage meters go down. But uh, the percentage of the time the U.S. economy is in recession is uh, vastly less than the amount of time the pundits want to say we're in recession. But it's about 4% of the time over the last 30 years, and that's the percentage of the time these guys have a little trouble on the top line. Um, but even still, they're able to put up, you know, really up, upper 20s operating margins consistently. They have uh, a lot of debt, and that's because they can afford it. Their coverage is high because the earnings are so stable but they have a 16% return on capital. They lever that way up, and they earn nearly 50% on equity uh, year in, year out. In fact, with their share buyback program going on, uh, they had uh, 250 million shares, 270 million shares 10 years ago. They have 200 million shares now. So in the last 10 years, they bought back a third of the company. Foreign revenues, 26% of the total, so you got a little diversification there. Uh, and they've just announced a new buyback given the weakness in the stock. They pay a 4% yield, and that's pretty stable. I'm just looking back here. I don't think they've ever cut the dividend. Uh, no, they haven't. And uh, so you can – it's actually a little higher right now. Value Line says they're going to grow earnings at 6%. I mean, that's the rub is it's just very stable. It's priced like a utility. But even the long bond 4% trades at 25%, that number. These guys trade at uh, 7 times gross, 11 times free. That's 9% return plus 6% uh, yield. That's 15 16%. But it's like a bond. And so for those of you that are scared out of your wits <laughs> over what's going on, try Pitney Bowes. PBI page 1133. And... Vern, that's all I have this week. Really? Thanks. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Thanks for just letting that one go by. If you need it. No, I don't need any more time. Okay. I'm all set. All right. So beverage break. Beverage break. I know you're a little under the weather this this week, Vern. So. Uh, hey, I'm doing fine. Yeah, just try to I'm hang doing in. Fine. Try to hang um, in. I'm my, my my choices this week are, I think, echoing some of the same themes you had. I'm interpreting them a little bit differently. Really. Uh, in that. Um, I think in a market like the last couple of days where you've you, you got to sort of step in front or be willing to catch a falling knife or fear that you might. You were talking about fear before. Time well, to see a movie. In the institutional buy side, um, translate that into analysts making recommendations to portfolio managers who really control whether they remain employed or not and evaluate and reward them. Uh, and whether their willingness to stick their neck out a little bit for a little bit riskier, unproven name, or maybe they might have a tendency to gravitate towards what I'm going to call quality, but, you know, brand, uh, market cap, uh, stability, just out of, uh, you know, their perception of well, job preservation. Or Of course. you got to gravitate toward the safety. So my names are uh, names that everybody's heard of. And the first one I'm going to talk about, do you know how to pronounce this? Is this Diebold. Is it Diebold? I think so. I they do the ATMs that. and all that? Right, because it seems to Voting me, machines, that's it, the big deal there, It seems there, right? to me that the name ought to be Diebold, right? Like it, it's a, it dies boldly because hmm. you might be able to defeat it, but not without tremendous cost or something like that. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Symbol hmm. is DBD. It could just be German, too. This is, in a, in a new wrinkle on the show that we introduced last week, 
The page number here, that's Vern providing page numbers. By page the way, Vern, we had some write-ins. People are really negative on you giving page numbers. I just they want are. you to know. Oh, yeah. It was three to one running against a lot of people like, Vern, don't give page numbers. It doesn't suit you. Things like okay. that. Just right. little comments. Well, then. Yeah. Uh, but don't let the, don't let the like polls say, drive what you do. What do I like here on uh, D-Bold? Well, when Vanuline printed this page or published or yeah, created this uh, <clears throat> final, the stock was basically at $29, down a third from its high earlier this year and yielding 3.3%. Okay? But with yeah. earnings still solidly profitable, high single-digit return on total capital, uh, a third of market of capitalization is debt. It doesn't yeah. seem like there's a lot of risk in any way. Mm. And the stock in the last two days has gone from 29 to under 25. That just means they didn't win a contract for something. I took a good look at this a few years ago. There's voting machines <coughs> state by state picking vendors, and then they have uh, an anchor to you know these new generation ATM machines and whether they win that business or not. I'll well, traditionally, there, there's a uh, there's been an explosion in the market for smaller machines. The smaller machines tend to be made in Asia. The technical requirements aren't that significant. You're really all you're doing is dispensing cash as opposed to a full service uh, through the wall bank machine, where people want to uh, be able to do more and more. And where there's been uh, um, some success, I think, fairly limited in selling things like postage stamps and theater tickets, et cetera. Well, here's the kind of company that's going to make that product. They made money on service, servicing these machines. Um, it doesn't, unfortunately, say how much of their mm -hmm. business is. They it's service? It's ser they mentioned that they manufacture, market, and service. That's the key to it. You give these machines away, basically make a little bit of money to get the service contract. Well, they, the other, and I think the other th interesting thing that you mentioned before is yet they, they're the electronic voting machine company. There's mm -hmm. a lot of controversy surrounding the name during yeah. the most recent ele uh, national elections. Uh, foreign sales are close to half. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Service is half of revenue as well. And higher margin. No, it's actually less. It's 50% uh, of revenue, only 40% of gross profit. I'm not buying that. Well, that's uh, what Value Line says it is. Uh, so I've got a stock that's sold way off. By the way, this uh, this $25 stock price would be the single lowest price since the last recession in 2001. At that time, uh, company revenue was about a billion seven. That's in the recession year, uh, or about $25 a share. Uh, in 2007, Value Line says they finished the year with almost. $50 a share in revenue. So a company twice as big, stock price at the same level, um, earning, having a very strong, stable history in terms of uh, returns. I make it about seven times enterprise value to EBITDA using value lines forecasts. I tried to kind of run a, a recession scenario idea, and it's just a guess, but at worst it's 10 times. Uh, value line says its earnings are going to be continuing to grow. Um, I think you got to take a look at this uh, cyclical risk or not. Um, as long as branch banking is uh, not going to uh, end for some reason, and I presume yeah. that that's part of the, the problem with the stock, uh, like you said, take advantage of – now, they, they do mention there's some kind of an SEC investigation having to do with revenue recognition, but Nyline says that it's not expected to be material – and uh, their description of it, from what I can tell, has to do with the uh, timing of recognition, recognition of revenue. 
And I mean, if it's probably, down on that, you got to take advantage of it. It's probably like a matter of a week of timing, which means you might have something shifting from one fiscal year to the other, but not have no risk to the absolute level of earnings. So, or cumulative earnings or shareholders' equity, book value, et cetera. So, I don't think there's an issue there. Take a look at DBD, probably yielding close to 4% now with uh, the stock price decline recently. And while I'm talking about this sector, they, uh, you know, on the cover of every week's value lines uh, table of contents, they mention stocks they think are particularly interesting, uh, where there's been an event, or where they're adding coverage of something new, yeah. right? Or adding yeah, something up new to the to moment service. commentary. Or, or NCR, which competes with Diebold, and I took a look at naturally because of that, recently spun out their data warehousing business. So the surviving company is primarily ATM machines, and uh, you recognize the NCR name on cash registers, right, in retail Oh, well, there's such a long history that company, you know, NCR spawned IBM. It's an amazing history, actually. Good point. Um, I don't get this. So here's what uh, Vangeline said. Meanwhile, reflecting the spinoff of the data warehousing unit, NCR has moved to the electronics industry. Uh, My names this week are all coming out of the office equipment industry, which is where they have Diebold. The electronics industry has got, uh, I see EMS companies and distributors and connectors and uh, cabling and uh, I mean it's a lot of commodity stuff in there. I had trouble. With somebody at Value, they, they, it's a great product, but they just they really seem to struggle with their industry classification sometimes. And so please, well, Value Line, if you're listening, if you're listening, uh, please take a look at your uh, assignment NCR because people are going to be comping it against the wrong group. It's just a natural thing to do to compare valuations within the industry. Where do you set. think that one should go? It should be in office equipment. You should be comping it against Diebold, instead not against, of. Uh, Kemet, Molex, uh, Tyco Electronics, Aero Electronics, Annexter, uh, Jable, Flextronics, Celestica. You could just simply use the uh, this is, the, the, the GIC standards not, that everyone uh, else uses. These, are, these people make components and distribute components and assemble components. The S&P NCR 500 makes the finished product. It has the right classification system. They should adopt it. Yeah, well, Let's send them a letter. Yeah, right. yeah, well, you ahead. do that, okay? No, well, you do that. Uh, that was <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. That was deep old. Next name I've got is Office Depot, ODP. And oh, that's frankly, a good name. How the did first I thing that? that? The first thing that got me interested here is Value Line recently lowered their rating to five, so I immediately know the stock's been trashed, and it has. That's uh, a buy, absolutely. Value, Value Line printed the report with a stock about $14, down from 40 earlier this year, higher than that last year, down about two-thirds, okay, or more from its peak. In the last two days, has gone from 1390 to 1175 Okay. We sold this. Very, we got very lucky on it and sold it in the high 30s. Did you? Oh, yeah. you did great. It's yeah. just been crushed. Um, I don't so know what's gone off. Are the estimates suspect? Maybe, but the last recession they earned, the worst earnings number on a per share basis going back 10 years is 70 cents. So at worst, I'm, what is that, like 14 times earnings or something like that? You know, the guy from uh, AutoZone came over here. Meanwhile, they've earned a buck and a half. Hasn't delivered. Oh, huge uh, potential here. Meanwhile, cash flow per share, uh, I can't find, I have to go back to 1996 to get under a dollar, okay? Uh, Looks like uh, last recession they sustained uh, almost a buck and a half. So I could be seven times... Downside cash flow estimate, 
Um, and, and they're still growing stores. Uh, international operations only a quarter of the company. So if the rest of the world can support a, you know, the same kind they of own per some, capita. They own some great uh, brands in office uh, distribution, They're, office uh, supply distribution. Well, What's that a, famous brand they have? Does it say here? Uh, they bought Viking Office Viking products Office. And they're huge ago. in Europe. And this guy, Steve Odom, I think his name He's is, did a wonderful job at AutoZone taking the stock to negative equity, buying, using free cash flow to buy stock over a 10-year period. The stock quintupled. He came in here about a year and a half ago, and you see that run-up in the stock. That was sort of a, a Steve Odom rally. And then it's just on its on its butt here. I don't. No, I just, haven't. I don't know what's going on. We we uh, they had strong March quarter, fifty five versus forty eight. Okay, uh, June quarter earnings down year on year basis. September quarter even worse comparison. Value line looking for sixteen cents in the December quarter against fifty four a year. You earlier. know that that so. chart on Office Depot as much as anything else suggests yeah. we're in a recession. Look at this uh, chart. When's this? Yeah, look how well it led. Well, a, a year in advance of the recession, even more than a yeah. year, right? And it also suggests that when you run into one of these things and the recession is out six months from now, you got to you buy, buy it now. Right, right. And there's a there's another interesting dynamic that I wasn't aware of. Value line says that they apparently one of uh, Mr. Odom's initiatives is to try and promote uh, private label goods, okay, within yeah. uh, the North American business at least, uh, trying to go from 20% currently to more than 35%. And I like that because, I mean, it's Office Depot. Face it, they sell commodity products. What they're offering is a distribution channel, convenience, access. Well, if they can quit paying a premium to a manufacturer for a brand in product categories where consumers don't care. Its function is the paper white. Right, then, I mean, go for it. I I think this is very, very interesting. A lot I buy of negative their brand. sentiment. Good I've problem. got uh, at $4.3 billion enterprise value. See, this is what's interesting about doing it in a page number order. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't. You know, it's not as strategic. Do you lead with your best idea, finish with your just best page idea? Number. This is less than five times. Um, I, I would just say, you know, if nothing else, a year from now, this terrible comparison of the fourth quarter is going to be a remarkably easy comparison to beat. People will probably be energized about the big recovery in Office Depot. ODP. Okay. Hmm, wow. Yeah, what are we talking about? $11.75 using value lines, $2.5 cash flow estimate. You're under five times gross cash flow. Uh, for, it's Office that Depot. It's a not a company you've never heard of. Freaking buy. Okay, I got one more. I don't know if it's a screaming, you know what kind of buy, but uh, page number 1137, off, also out of Office products. A lot of negative Q ratings on the page numbers. <laughs> Xerox. XRX, uh, a name that I've used before. I've owned off and on uh, several times over the years. Um, stock value line said $16 a couple or a few days ago. Fourteen twenty-eight closed today. Um, using value lines, you know, number two dollars higher. It was a thirty percent discount to the market there. Uh, the stock down 25% at that time from highs earlier this year. I think this looks really interesting because uh, uh, there were there were cyclical there was a cyclical depression in uh, uh, in their numbers. If you go back through the last recession, but they came out of that. They had decent performance 02 through 04. But recently they've added three more points to return on capital. The stop line slowed down. Change in revenue mix. They basically the old analog product dying out. Digital color, etc. Plus a recovery, I, frankly, in just competitiveness. Right. Um, 
uh, in terms of product. A lot of new product has hit the market in the last couple of years. Um, they just bought a business called Global Imaging, which, uh, uh, you know, maybe you've got a better sense of this, but uh, seems to offer some very interesting incremental growth potential. Uh, yeah, I guess the analog business completely <coughs> dead now. Vern, I, I don't mean to, you know, yeah. butt in, but, you know, I think we're out of time. Are we? Well, check. Oh, my goodness. What's happened? Do you want me to edit out one of your stocks? No, not at all. So I'll wrap this up really quickly. This is uh, less than 10 times free cash flow, okay? Uh, They don't have much uh, capital spending, so even if you have a downturn, uh, you know, most of the cash flow really accrues to the benefit of shareholders. Uh, I've got about a 10 times enterprise value EBITDA number, the way I calculate it, and uh, they have – Oh, there's a, they, they have a story that ties in with the acquisition of Global Imaging. I'll let you take a look at that yourselves. But Xerox, check it out, XRX. And so it's probably obvious from, I, even if nothing else, the relative waiting of time that my favorite idea is Office Depot. Sounds like it might be your favorite idea, hey, too. Hey, don't speak for me, my oh, friend. I, I just said it sounds myself. like it could be. It could be. And uh, So what is it? I think it is. I think it is Office <laughs> Depot this week. A new twist on the value Absolutely. lines formula. Or on the value guys formula. We'll be back next week, folks. Take Hopefully. Care. Sorry we went a little long.